Hey guys, so hope everybody's well. Apologies for, it seems like I'm always saying this. First of all, I'm always saying, hey guys, hope everybody's doing well. And then I'm always saying apologies for a lack of um, podcasts or updates. Um, look, I, I'm i kind of, in a way, I'm glad I don't, well, I'm glad recently I wasn't doing more podcasts because um, it, it probably would have, in a way, made me look bad because it looked like I was just changing my mind all the time, which, in fairness, I kind of was, um, but also then in in my defense is what you would say, because of because of not hitting the standards that I needed at Rotterdam, it it threw me into a little bit of a yeah a bit of a pickle whereby I, it was hard to focus on one thing, and I was probably being quite emotional and the decision making process was a little scattered is what you could probably say and so it was a it was a four or five week period since Rotterdam whereby um, decision making was quite poor um, which is kind of a shame because if you if you have a look and um, well when I have a look at at why why, why I was able to go to Rotterdam and, and feel good and feel fit um, was purely because of a very logical and well-planned four months. And then I actually stuck to that logical and, and well-planned four months. And, you know, of, of course, the outcome at Rotterdam um, might not have been amazing on paper but you know there was real there was real good signs of um positivity i suppose you could say there when you know when you're looking at 20 23 to 24 miles back at that sort of 209 pace you know you're looking at a, a 35 kilometer pb which you know at the end of the day when you're when your pb is 209.49 well getting to 35k at a pb is you know it it's impressive it's not it's not the full deal there was other things going on with shoes and all this kind of thing but at the end of the day there was still a lot of positives to be taken away from um rotterdam so the last four or five weeks were very very much all over the place um unsure what event to um sort of commit to you know at first it was Prague and and then I I believed an altitude camp would help Prague and then um my agent contacted Prague and we found out that Prague was actually a, a team event and and it wasn't it just wasn't looking as simple to get an entry you know it wasn't it wasn't a case of Hey, I have a 209 guy. Can he run in your marathon? It was, oh, he would need to be part of a team, and agents have a much bigger say in who's a part of the team. And so, very last minute, trying to get into a marathon last minute's tough enough. Trying to get into like a team type event where I think it was like Volkswagen was a team and Toyota was a team, and 
um, it just became complicated. Um, and so the decision was made to try, you know, to go to Cheshire. And the the silly thing you could probably say about that was um, completely ignoring the fact that, you know, I hadn't done any altitude in 2022. And so really your, your shortest camp to be helpful had to be three weeks. Um, I don't know that altitude is ever useful when you're trying to recover from a marathon. And so, look, you you live and learn. Actually, even if I was going to do Prague, I likely shouldn't have penciled in altitude either because your body is trying to recover and you're, you're trying to recover, but you're also trying to get some training done because the last thing you want to do is, you know, try to run another marathon in a month's time but not have trained and so the goals become confusing and and running running actually isn't that complicated but when you try to achieve too many things at once then it's very complicated so you know if you ask me after Rotterdam what I was trying to achieve in those two weeks before Cheshire then I would have said something like, I'm going to go to altitude, I'm going to try to get a little bit fitter than I was at Rotterdam, I'm going to hope that my bloods perhaps get a bit of a quick response from altitude, I'm going to try to get lighter, I want to lose some weight, um, and I want to recover from Rotterdam as well. So I want to get fitter, I want to recover, I want to lose weight, I want my bloods to improve. You know, that's kind of asking a lot. <laughs> you know, I and when you, it's it's easy in hindsight to to look at that and be like, Jesus, fuck, skull, like what, what on earth were you thinking? Like, why didn't you pick one thing, recovery? Why didn't you, why didn't you pick that one thing and do it really, really well? So come off Rotterdam, you know, take a full week of recovery to tick a box that says I am I am absolutely sure that I'm recovered I might have lost a bit of fitness I, I might have even gained a little bit of weight but I'd rather at least I achieved something whereas what happened in those two weeks between Rotterdam and Cheshire is I tried to achieve four or five things and none of them really contributed to how I felt the day of Cheshire because even if you lose weight even if your your bloods do shift a tiny bit from altitude, if you haven't recovered from Rotterdam, that was the that was really the only thing stopping you from you know going to Cheshire and and you know having a good day because you were already fit and all these things, so you didn't necessarily need to work on that. And so recovery was actually probably the only um, factor that was going to get in your way, um, especially when you could go to Cheshire or Prague and essentially run, you know, if at 35k in Rotterdam, I, I was on for sub 210, well then you could have gone to Cheshire or Prague and been a minute slower or, or maybe even two minutes slower. And so I, I can understand emotions play a big role in decision making. So what happened at Rotterdam? It makes you a bit emotional. You're likely not making good decisions 
and then one poor decision leads to another poor decision and you know before you know it you're yeah you're up a mountain you're not recovering and and you're trying to get fit even though you're already fit and all you had to do was recover so um that said that's probably why there's been a lack of podcasts because everything's been a little bit all over the place and i now find myself in flagstaff arizona um i would not have predicted that 10 days ago you know 10 days ago i was looking at either highgate 10k or copenhagen marathon um and then i remembered that i was entered in um sound running los angeles 10k and i decided on monday last monday to fly to america um, it gave me the Tuesday to Wednesday to Thursday to Friday. It gave me four days to get over travel, and it, it, it's really not the travel; it's actually the time difference. And so, if you'd like to practice yourself, um, today is—I mean, you're obviously not going to do this, but today is Wednesday, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, Let's pretend on Sunday you're going to run a race at 4.30 a.m. So today's Wednesday when I'm doing this podcast. And that's basically what I had. I had four days to help my body adjust to an eight-hour time difference. And so the race was at 8.30 p.m., which is, which is actually 4.30 a.m. In, you know, in the U.K. and Ireland. So I had four days to, I mean, there, it was also a long haul flight, which, you know, is never easy. And then I had four days to, you know, help the body adjust uh, the fact that it would be, it would be racing at a time of day that four days previous was 4.30 in the morning. And, and I'd hope you're fast asleep. You know, you're warming up at 3.30 a.m. and then you're competing at 4.30 a.m. Now, there might be people listening that, they would be thinking to themselves, well, I train at 5.30 or 6.30, so that's not that big a deal. But I don't. I train at 9.30 or 10. And so, yeah, it, it was... And, and that's... that's It's different when you're going to be awake all day because it's a nighttime race, so it's not a morning race. So it's not like, yes, you can just get up a bit earlier and you know have a full night's sleep, get up a bit earlier, warm up and race because it's a nighttime race basically it would get to about 5 or 6 p.m and that was probably about 2 a.m in the uk and i would just be really tired and then of course my brain would be like fuck like in a day or two's time i'm gonna have to race you know and i wouldn't have even started warming up yet and i'd be lying on the couch in the hotel like super tired just wanting to go to bed like um trying to keep my eyes open to push my body to stay awake longer and so I didn't really give myself the best chance. But I actually ran really well. 28.42, you know, it's 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 no slouch for 10K. I went through 5K in like 14.13. And, you know, I, I, I thought I could run about 28.20 something. And and actually, I don't, I don't think I was that far off. Because if I didn't do the travel... And I didn't have jet lag and the time difference. I'd have probably ran 28, 30 something. Um, 
And then obviously to run 28-20 something, you probably need to run a race. So I, it would have been helpful if I could have done like a 10k road race or maybe like a hard 5k. And then I, and then I probably would have been in 28-20 something shape. I wasn't, I probably wasn't that far off in terms of predicting, you know, roughly where my fitness was at. Um, but of course, a couple of things contributed to, you know, why I didn't go and run 28-20 something. But it's actually, it's actually probably not fitness. I know that sounds silly, but the fitness is there, there or thereabouts. I, I kind of just need to, what, what, what I would call like nurture it. I now need to nurture that fitness because for like, for five or six weeks now, I've only ran about 60 miles a week. And if you look, if you look at the guys that are doing well in that 10K, like my buddy Brett Robinson ran, you know, 27.50. And if you look at his training over the last five, six weeks, you know, it's, he's not chasing marathons. He's um, running 110 miles a week at altitude, you know, 100 to 110 miles a week for five or six weeks. And then, and then he's racing this 10K. He's definitely not flying long haul. And his body didn't have to adjust to the time. And so I'm going to try to do a much more simple and um, call it productive build up now. So I, I have another 10K in four and a half weeks time. And, and essentially what I'm going to do is um, train at altitude for the next four and a half weeks. Um, it's going to be, yeah, probably four and a half weeks. And then, you know, no long haul, a very simple two-hour flight to Portland, um, 48 hours before the race, so there's no, there's no issues with altitude, etc., etc. And then I'm going to drop in and, and race a 10K. And that's where I believe we'll see that 20 at 10, or we'll see that fitness that I believe it's already there, you know, that's the thing with running you you don't always show the result that's there but but that's a bit like saying oh yeah no i my car's really good i just need to fix a few things and then obviously you go to a mechanic and you fix a few things and and all of a sudden yes you you weren't lying it's a it's a pretty good car and you know it 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 likely will not give you any trouble for the next lot of months or whatever if that makes sense you know so obviously there's nothing wrong with um, my body. Like there, you know, there might be an issue with a, and you know, a car was probably a like a, a silly example, but um, the the principles the same. The 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 underlying fitness, as in like all the work I did for the marathon. The trouble is, it was it was five or six weeks ago, and and you know two things are happening in that 10k you haven't trained fully for five or six weeks right take take travel away take time difference away you know they don't help but they're not they're not the main cause for concern is what you could probably say they, they don't help that's understandable but they're not really the, the main problem the main problem is that for five or six weeks you haven't you haven't trained fully, right? The next problem is 
for four or five months, you were you were training for marathon. You weren't you weren't training for 10k, and so th- that was the kind of two issues you had. You had one issue whereby for five or six weeks you've been running 60% normal training. You know, like I said, when I'm running 60 mile a week, there's a there's an athlete you're competing against, and and probably multiple others. We're running 100 to 110, you know, at altitude and and really focused and really putting in work and um and then yeah there there's you um running 50 or 60 and deciding on the Monday that you're gonna you know go and race these guys it's it's probably foolish but you know again like I talked about I understand why and I'm not gonna beat myself up about that but. Once the sound running race was over, I I decided that I, I tweeted that it was time to it was time to stop justifying race results. So it kind of it was time to you know what I kept saying after this 10k was yeah like 2840 is good if you consider the build up and if you consider that I've been training for marathon and but I need to I need to kind of drop that sort of like and I'm going to call it like a bullshit cop out and it's kind of like this idea that and it is kind of bullshit because like nobody nobody on the start line of that 10k like suggested that you had to prepare the way you prepared right so obviously if you had to prepare that way I you weren't allowed to fly to LA until the Monday you had to train for marathon until a week before. Well, then, yeah, fair enough. You've done pretty well. But seen as, but seen as neither of them are the case, then it's your own fault. It's your own fault that you were training for a marathon and then you picked that goal last minute. The travel was your own fault, etc., etc. And so, yeah, so now, now the plan is for four and a half weeks train sensible get the body back into full training get back in the gym twice a week I, I don't think I've done gym in like five or six weeks um, very very little get the gym back in place add some 10k type training so so there's no excuses on the start line you've done some 10k work you've done your altitude camp there's no jet lag there's no time difference you know you're flying a, a pretty easy flight you're flying 48 hours before the race so there's no altitude excuse yeah look it it's it's kind of set up perfectly it's set up that yes you've ran 2840 it's a good start and let me tell you i went through 5k in like 14 13 and i sort of thought to myself like when was the last time i ran 14 13 for 5k and of course I could, and of course there's going to be plenty of opportunities in the past year or two that, you know, I could have, but at the end of the day, I haven't, and so I was going through 5k in a time that, you know, I haven't ran close to for for ages, and that's kind of part of the problem. I've realized that um, I, I used to do a very good job of coming coming back to the track so I would race a marathon and then I would you know come back to the track and 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 do track stuff and 
And so, you know, going into 2019, for example, my my most recent 5K and 10K would have been, I think, 13.48 for 5K and 28.36 for 10K. But this is now 2022, and that's the last time I would have raced a 5K or a 10K. Would have been, like, way back in 2018. And so that's a little bit sloppy on my behalf once you start racing marathons it's easy to get sucked into the trap of marathon 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 and some of that's because you do enjoy marathon running but i i think some of that is because you you fear you fear the unknown and you fear the unknown of going back to 5k 10k and let's be honest when i stand on the start line of a marathon and I think I can run 209 or 210. And I believe that's that's a good enough time to be really competitive. It's then difficult to stand on the start line of a 10K knowing that you might not be that competitive. And maybe we all find some, some sort of feelings like that similar when it comes to going and racing 5K, 10K. There's, there's a humbling... But that's why you're a marathon runner, you know, you're, you've likely found out that you're more competitive or you're better at the marathon than you are at the shorter events, but I don't necessarily think it means you should avoid the marathon or, or sorry, you should avoid the shorter events, you just, you just kind of need to deal with it. And so what's kind of happening now is I decided, I decided after the 10k that I needed to stop and I, I called it a circus. I needed to stop this circus of trying to, you know, chase standards. And, and it, was, it was feeding that part of my emotional brain that loves chaos and drama. Last minute flights, last minute plans, blah, blah, blah. It was feeding that part. And I knew, okay, it's time to cut all that shit out. And it's time to put a, a really sensible and logical plan in place. And I wanted to make sure that the next race that I ran, I had at least a fair opportunity to move forward, right? And what I mean by move forward is achieve a result that will contribute to my long-term development. And so by long-term development, I mean... um, some of the longer term goals are maybe medal at a championship and um, maybe run, you know, 208, 207, run a faster time than I've ever ran before. And given, given that's what the long term goals are, then I need my next couple of races to contribute to that longer term success or goals or whatever you want to call it. And I believe if I run, you know, even if I ran 28, 20 something for 10K. <coughs> so instead of, you know, I, I've, I said I want to run 28, 10 and I'd love to run 28, 10. And I, and I really believe with a good camp and easier travel and now that I've raced the track race, my first track race in I think four years, now that I've done all these things, I truly believe 2810 is possible. But at the end of the day, 
even just racing another 10k, even running 20 at 30 something, 20 at 20 something, it's still it's still a towards move. 20 at 42 is my second fastest 10k ever. You know that's okay. That's bloody brilliant. My previous my my fastest is 20 at 36. <coughs> so I wanted I wanted more towards moves. I wanted to make sure that I had a good plan, that it was a fair opportunity, and that whatever my next race was going to be, that it was a step towards being a 208 guy or a step towards being the kind of athlete that can go to a championship and win a medal. And so, yeah, there's a there's a couple of track races lined up. Um, 10K, 10K on the 10th of June. I have a 5K on the 2nd of July that is an option and another 10K on the 15th of July. And I'm really just going to use the next couple of months um, because I think the marathon qualifying windows are now, they've, they've kind of gone. And so I don't, I don't think unless Northern Ireland select me for the marathon in good faith or there's something I don't know about, then it looks like my summer is going to be dedicated to track. I might be able to qualify for European Championships on the track. I need to run under 28.15. But at least I have a few chances. Um, and that would be like a... I'm not going to say bittersweet because running running is quite cruel. I'm sure everybody has reasons why they didn't run a qualifying standard. or Sometimes it's excuses. Sometimes it's fitness. Sometimes it's... A technicality but remember when I'm talking about like even the shoe issue at Rotterdam or there's no excuses in marathon you know it's sometimes it's fitness sometimes it's shoes sometimes it's the course sometimes it's like there, there's all different kinds of reasons um, and and you just have to deal with it you know what I mean you just have to suck it up and and get on with it and it's all a learning experience and you know you you make sure the the same problem doesn't happen in the next one. If it's fitness, you fix that. If it's a blister, you, you figure out how to not get blisters. If it's tired muscles, you figure out how to you know strengthen those muscles in the gym. That that's all part of the the process of learning the marathon. I don't I don't believe that it's like unlucky or um it, it's just knowledge. And then you you take that knowledge and you you go to the next one and and you try better. You try harder. You take that knowledge back to your training and you figure out what, what you need to change to, you know, be better prepared. It's that simple. For me, it might be quite simple with the shoe thing, but I'm sure the training could be better also. Um, but I but I believe if I can get, <coughs> if I could run 28.10 to 28.20, and maybe I could run 13.30 to 13.40 for 5K. You know, I, I believe that's me working on some of my, like, weaknesses. And then by working on those weaknesses, when I go back to train for the marathon, well, then I could have much better success in the marathon. And, yeah, so that's the, that's the plan. There's, 
there is some loopholes in the likes of these championship marathons like Commonwealths and Europeans, but yeah, I don't really want to rely on those. I, I, I really like to be an athlete that keeps things quite simple and well, okay, I'm the world's worst at simple, but what I mean by simple is I like to have just achieved my qualifying standard. I also like to be the fastest. So <coughs> whenever I was qualifying for the marathons, I really like to be the fastest qualified so that at the selection meeting, there's no drama. You pretty much already know that you're going to be selected. And so that's always what drove me to be one of the faster guys, if, if that's what you want to call it. It just made selection far more simple. Um, but yeah, that's where we're at. So, look, that's a little update. I don't want to talk too much because for some reason talking upsets my throat, which is really annoying. I still get that, like, tickliness in the back of my throat. But, look, I hope you enjoyed a little bit of an update. And I'm going to start doing a bit more podcasting, maybe some guests back. Um, but I thought it was worth uh, an, an update first. Um, and then I'll, I'll move on to um, podcast topics, maybe guests, etc., etc. Thank you. Bye-bye.